0: 10-5, he's into the end zone, touchdown Arkansas State! Deflected into the hands of Felt Avery for three, hits! Culver is safe,
1: the Red Wolves have walked it off! Welcome to the Second to None podcast, the A-State podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. Now, here's a couple of guys who know the Red Wolves like no one else, Matt Stoltz and Brad Bobo.
0: And we welcome you once again to the Second to None podcast, presented by simmons bank the summer episodes have officially begun yes they have and brad talked about it last week we want to hear ideas from you our listeners as far as who you want to talk to but really excited about our guest today matt wilson the assistant ad and director of player personnel for a state football dropping in here in the next few minutes and he's got quite a story
1: yeah looking forward to that because uh we've been around him enough to know this is a, he's a really good dude and i just really want to sort of get to the bottom of why was he butch jones's guy so fast basically why did the first move he make not hiring a, a coach but bringing a player personnel guy in so yeah the very first visit.
0: hire he made at a state butch jones hires matt wilson so we'll talk with matt here in the next few minutes some notes from around Arkansas State this mm-hmm. week include some from A-State basketball. And Mike Bellato and his staff are not slowing down one bit. They continue to sign players, and they continue to bring in more size. Already had a couple of seven-footers in this class. Now, a couple of new announcements this past week. Julian Luau, a six seven forward from Calgary has signed as well as Omar El-Sheikh, a 6-8 power forward from Division 2 Assumption yep. College and he averaged a double-double last year.
1: He did, you'll stop me if you've heard this one, but he's about 6-8, he's about 220 and he averaged right at 12 points and a league leading 11 plus rebounds a game. He started at Fairfield in you know, Division One first, first, went to Assumption, and you know, I'm telling you before we started recording, based on one of the things I saw about him online, this is a grown man. I think he turned 25 on New Year's Day. So wow. That's come in and played a lot of basketball, but uh, you know, physically, he'll you know, look a man. Great to see Ace Day basketball having the success that they are right
0: now as far as bringing in this new class. Meanwhile, Bennett Pasco with a big week coming up. He'll be at the NCAA Outdoor Championships in the men's 3,000-meter steeplechase. He'll race in the semifinals Wednesday night in Eugene, Oregon. And if he qualifies for the final, he'll run in that race on Friday. So good luck to Bennett. You mentioned last week he's the last... Yeah a state athlete that's going this year.
1: Talked with him last week on my show and it was a good visit because he just sort of talked about the progression of his career. How everything's gone in steps and it went up to you know basically making this step last year but finishing last in his heat i mean but every time he's done something the second time the results have gotten much better you know, guy that's going to eugene and not just kind of thinking it's cool to be there this time he's going to to take a run at a national championship and so certainly wish him the best young man would think a lot of
0: and uh, another note here that is not necessarily arkansas state but Sunbelt Conference-related, and you couldn't help but notice all the Sunbelt teams that were playing in baseball regionals this past weekend, and all four Sunbelt teams that went to a regional won at least Mm -hmm. one of their games. Georgia Southern actually hosted a regional, and they had a, a tough regional with Notre Dame and Texas Tech, both In that Statesboro Regional. But uh, the Cajuns win one game in that College Station. Their first game. Regional. They beat TCU in their first game before being eliminated on Sunday. And as we record this on Monday afternoon... Texas State and Coastal Carolina are getting ready to play their regional finals, both trying to stamp their ticket to the Super Regionals next weekend.
1: We counted it up, again, before we started here. Arkansas State had eight regional opponents on its schedule. 19 games against teams (laughs) that played in regionals. 19 of the 48 games. And seven of the eight opponents at least won a game, if not still play it. Only one of the eight went to an out, and that was SEMO. You know, they, they had a tough draw, and they, they dropped two games in the regional. Everybody else at, at bare minimum won a game, if not, might still be playing when people are listening to this.
0: It just shows how good the Sun Belt Conference is, number one. And then you have Southern Miss coming in next year who has been hosting a regional this
1: weekend, and they're getting set to play in a regional final against LSU. And Old Dominion was one of the first – Teams out. I mean, they were they were right there too. So I mean, it's it's crazy how good the league was, and it's only about to get better.
0: Okay, a lot more to come coming up here on the Second to None podcast. We've got our buddy Matt Wilson dropping by right after this.
2: When we play today, we win something
1: bigger than ribbons or trophies. We win our tomorrows. Wherever we play, wherever we fight, wherever we overcome odds, we're winning our way. Simmons Bank is committed to supporting women athletes in the communities we serve and are proud to be an official sponsor of A-State Women's Athletics, not just for a season, but for a winning future. Seasons are short, but fierce is forever. Simmons Bank, member FDIC.
0: And we welcome you back in to the Second to None podcast. Presented by Simmons Bank. We are pleased to be joined in studio today by our special guest and the assistant AD and director of player personnel for A-State football, Matt Wilson. How you doing, Matt? Good, man. How are you? Good. Fantastic. And we just told you this before we started recording. We wanted to have you on for a while now because it's interesting. and we, we say your title. I think that covers... A lot, just being the director of player personnel. So before we get into your story, kind of let us know what that entails. What does the director of player personnel at Arkansas
2: State mean? Well, it's been an interesting evolution, kind of, uh, just because I've known Coach for so long. Uh, You know, we were together for three years at Tennessee, and then, uh, you know, I left to run my own department, stayed in touch, but then after he was kind of let go and I was at Mississippi State, my uncle was a head coach at Memphis, and my cousin is now the retired GM of the Steelers, and they both kind of gave me advice that, like, hey, listen, you know, don't just, you know, as you cross paths with people in your career, don't just use them for your career. Stay in touch with them. You know, they're, they're human beings, too, and my uncle, especially because he was fired from Memphis, says it's a very like lonely time. So when I was at State, you know, and Coach went to Bama, and he was only an hour, two hour, hour and a half away, John Shalala and I would shoot over there for a weekend just to visit him. And we stayed in touch and that's where we really got close. So I say all that to say the evolution of the director of player personnel because Coach trusts me a lot and because I trust him. You know, I left an SEC program and didn't think twice about it. You know, a lot of stuff flows through my desk that, you know, is above the player personnel stuff. Just academics, uh, academic liaison and working with just our marketing department, Amy Holt and folks over there, you know, being in communication with them as well as, you know, making sure the personnel and our coaches are kind of rolling, you know, with recruiting. So it's a lot of different uh, hats, but I enjoy it. And I've enjoyed like before this time, I was really just a scout. I would just evaluate the film and get the kids here. and It's been an interesting, you know, and, and enjoyable thing with Coach and I just constant communication and and constant talk about just everything within the program.
1: So now comes as, or should come as no surprise, going back to to Butch Jones getting this job, and the first bit of news that sort of follows is that his first two hires are you and John Shalala.
2: (laughs) It's uh, interesting how that works, but I mean, you know, John and I, ironically, I mean, John and I were together at Tennessee for three years, and then I, I left for a year we were together for three years at Mississippi State. I've known John almost as long as I've known my wife. (laughs) It's been seven years, you know, uh, that we've been in, in three different spots. But, you know, I think that also in that same sense, it shows you not only, I mean, I don't know, and I'm not trying to say anything to toot my own horn, but I don't know any other coachings you know, their first staff when they hire those first couple that are announced or, you know, your position coaches, or your coordinators or how that works, you know, and coach wanted two people that he trusted and one in recruiting, you know, and we were here and, you know, John and I and coach hit the ground running. That's, uh, you know, we talk about it all the time. It, it was such a, you know, got here Sunday, drove up, you know, resigned at Mississippi State, drove up later, was here until about one or so, signing days on Wednesday I mean, you're just hired gathered. Sunday, signing Days. day Wednesday, and there ended up being
0: what 15 players in that class. Yeah,
2: yeah, 15 of ours. I mean, I mean, truly, the way that kind of things worked out, and guys, you know, just worked out their own way, and we we had list of guys. Ethan Hassler pops to mind right away. I mean, he was somebody that we recruited at Miss John and I recruited at Mississippi State had a great relationship with. You know, I think he came up on you know because it's dead. He just walked around on his own at Arkansas State. And then the next day, <laughs> we're sending them papers. Those times I think you know are really unique to the profession. You know, you're in a married housing. I think we were staying in Chuck Welch's house. <laughs> you know that he stays in here. I mean, <laughs> and you're grinding away. And uh, so like that Sunday, you know, you just grind. And so Monday you grind again, and I'm leaving the office, and I drive to um, a gas station, come and go, and I'm like, uh, God, can I just. Hey, yeah, I need a six pack of beer. Where do you guys keep the beer? <laughs> and they're like, uh, "You, you huh? got some bad news yeah, at that uh, point, didn't you?" I said, "Oh, you know, we don't sell beer." And I'm like, oh, "Which one? Which one of these gas stations does?" And they're like, "You're not from around here, are you?" <laughs> no. And they're like, "Well, you know, you, <laughs> you're you're in a dry county." I'm like, "Huh? That wasn't mentioned, nope. didn't it?" <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh it, it was it was a good time. Let's backtrack a little bit because
0: uh, I do want to tell your story and how you came to this point. You were born and raised in Pittsburgh, right? Yep. Talk about your family, your upbringing. How did
2: football enter your life? Yeah, I mean, football from an early, early age. Uh, My grandfather was was an athletic director and a scout for the Steelers. And I started going to his house probably – three or four, going on scouting trips with him on the weekend. And uh, we went all over the tri-state area. So West Virginia, Ohio State, Penn State. And he was, you know, scouting for, and and I mean, by the time I was like seven, I'd get in the car, we'd open up the media guide. He would have his guys that he would want to look at. And we would start, you know, writing them down. It was like the best, like kids would talk about like what they did on their weekends. Like, you know, what'd you do? I went to the roller skating park. I skateboarded. I was like, yeah, I was at Ohio State, Michigan, and we were watching four, <laughs> four guys. <laughs> so, you know, the lunch tables were really, I mean, in, from an early age. So, you know, that's kind of what got my my blood kind of going with it. And uh, my uncle, like I mentioned, he was the head coach at Memphis, and we were on a family vacation. a Rip Shear. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we were on a family vacation, and he's like, you know, what are you going to do? And I was, you know, I wasn't a great student. Uh, I just was just like, I think I'm just going to go to community college. And you know, see what, see what pans out. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, I, I have an opportunity for you to be an equipment manager at Memphis and uh, you can come down, work, you know, at schools paid for. Jumped at it and uh, I enjoyed the working part of it. Mm-hmm. I did not enjoy the school part of it. And so I think I was at school for, I think we were, when I went back to school, I had to pull my transcripts and I think I was at school for five years for like 26 credits or so, <laughs> something <laughs> outrageous <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> so went there, you know, and and learned a little bit about, you know, just football and the business. But after that, I mean, I, I worked construction. Uh, I was a construction superintendent for a couple of years after I was asked to leave school. And my uncle on a family vacation, again, sat me down and said, listen, you know, you have all the talent in the world and you you know this business left and right. You can be in it. You got to get your degree. So uh, my wife and I, you know, decided I would quit my job, went back to school full time and... I had to go community college to get to get eligible. I tell kids all the time. I mean, I was so bad off. Arizona State wouldn't even let me in. I had to do community college, got into Arizona State. And then on another family vacation, my uncle said, you know, what are you thinking about for internships? And I was like, you know, I'm willing to do anything. And from a pool, he called uh, TJ McCrate, which was a great mentor of mine. And uh, he was with the Cardinals and said, hey, my nephew is looking for an internship. He gave me a summer internship with the Cardinals. I did a good enough job that they asked me to stay. And then uh, they went on strike the next year. And so uh, he called me back and said, hey, listen, you know, we don't want to go through the interview process again. We'll have you back for summer, but I don't know about fall. And uh, sure enough, they kept me. And uh, from there, got an opportunity at the University of Connecticut. I mean, I was standing in my hallway and Paul Pascaloni called and said, you know, I'd like to offer you a job, you know, as a assistant uh, recruiting coordinator. When can you get here? Uh, I said, you know, I'll be there next week. I had no idea where Connecticut was. Literally, I was like, I think, you know, I was talking to my wife and I was like, I think it's up in the, the right. It's hand. up there. Somewhere. It's up there in the right hand corner, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, was there. And, uh, you know, TJ's advice to me was, you know, get to know everybody that walks in that building. You know, you never know who's gonna who you're gonna cross paths with. So, got to know a scout with the Dolphins named Ron Labadee. and Ron uh, was very, very open. And you know, I always was in communication with him, and uh, called me one day, and he said, "Hey, listen, how would you like to go to the University of Tennessee?" And I said, "To visit? I mean, that'd be great." He's like, "No, to work," and I said. I mean, I'm at Connecticut. I mean, I'll, I'll do whatever <laughs> whatever I need to. So he had known Coach Jones uh, from their time in Michigan and, and uh, my first boss, Bob Wilton, uh, who's now at Alabama. And, uh, you know, interviewed, flew down there and uh, was with their on-campus girl before really the on-campus thing really got rolling. Her name was Dana Morrison. And, and uh, we sat down and she had visits going. There was a camp going. There was so much stuff. I mean, it was Like you were at Connecticut and then all of a sudden you're like on a treadmill running. She looked at me and she's like, listen, I really don't have time to do a lot of interview stuff. We're going to do some stuff here. And she did not say stuff. And she's like five, eight, 110 pounds. We're going to do some stuff here. If you're not down with doing the stuff, I don't have time for this. I was like, I'll I'll do anything. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, I'll do anything. And uh, so got there uh, in the middle of camp season, was there. And, and Blake Jackson, who was just hired as our, our director of operations, uh, we were talking just the other night. And, you know, Coach Jones has an expectation in, in recruiting and with his program. It is not for everybody. It really isn't. And, you know, we, we make no bones about that. But the people that were on that staff and even under me in the back room, They've been successful. I mean, everybody that is left there. I mean, we've got an assistant at LSU, a guy that runs LSU recruiting, a guy at Liberty. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of guys that run recruiting that were just set. You know, we set the edge and he sets the edge. And when you know that, you run your program different. And, you know, and when I left Tennessee and went to Indiana, I ran it like it was Big time.
0: Well, let me stop you right there because yeah. you get to Tennessee in twenty fourteen, you're there with Coach Jones, you see what he does differently as far as recruiting and his philosophy. How is that different than what everybody else does? And hmm.
2: is it the same thing that we're trying to implement here now at Arkansas State? It is no question the same thing for here. There are a couple sayings that he had if you know dinosaurs are extinct. If you don't evolve, you have to evolve all the time. It's a constant. Honestly, I got a text here on the way here. They're watching position groups. Keith Stevens, my assistant, is watching position groups with him. It is just different. We talk about recruiting every single day in our staff meeting. You know, he'll go through kind of the schedule for the day. He sits at one end and I sit at the other, and he'll look down and say, all right, what do we got with recruiting? Who's coming to visit? Where do we stand with the board? You know, kind of like an ironic story. When I got here, we wanted to do an electronic board and so it would just you know it would just flash up and he was just like you know I like being able to look up there and I like being able to know those kids I want to, I want the board cards like we used to and you know so we printed out board cards but i mean it's i think what i learned at tennessee is not only the evaluation and the constant of it but the little things matter tessa akers who runs our kind of on campus director of recruiting i mean we have a checklist of a hundred things that you walk through the building, make sure the lights are on, make sure that there's videos running. And one of my first interactions with Coach Jones, you know, I talk about it all the time. You know, I, you know, I was kind of in the back, kind of an, an accessory type of guy, and you know, we had a visit in, and we were walking around, and there was a, a leaf in the hallway. Bob was walking with Coach, and. You know, I was kind of walking behind and and coach called me up and said, did you walk this building? I said, yeah, I I did. I I, I walked around and, you know, here was my response. Well, how did you not see this leaf? And I was like, "Uh, yeah, that that is a leaf. (laughs) 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 And it it is there. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, I mean, those are the the attention to detail, I think, in, in the constant and really getting to know the kids on a deep level. I mean, you have to be different, especially at our level. And he's a constant, I want my phone updated, tell me who to call tonight, tell me, and here's who I called, here's who I talked to, here's who I had good conversations with. I feel a disconnect here, give me an update. So, I mean, it it is just, at Tennessee, I saw it, and here I'm in it. Mm -hmm. That's the difference.
1: Just to plug one little gap here, you talked about going to community college route to get eligible. Yeah. And then you... Went to the Cardinals on the internship. Is that how Arizona State gets in the picture?
2: I was at Arizona State. My, my my wife got into a social work program out there, and that's where she wanted. That's where she went to school, and uh, so we just. Uh, I went out there and was just working in construction still. And uh, that was literally the only university. I mean, I think I looked at another one, but I really, I mean, I, I went to Arizona state and went through a committee trying to get committee to get admitted couldn't get admitted. So I have a huge, and part of the reason why you do this is for the kids and the relationships. So I have a huge like soft spot for kids that are borderline and going through committee. And because I, I mean, I'm here because somebody in let me, you know, I had to go back to Juco. I had to do the whole thing like they had to, and and I'm I'm the only reason I'm able to do this was because of you know getting into JUCO and committee and all that stuff.
0: So you're at Tennessee from 2014 to 2016. You mentioned you go to Indiana yep. after that, and you work for our friend Tom Allen. Tom Allen, who we absolutely loved when he was here absolutely. at Arkansas State. He was here under Coach Freeze back in 2011, but you went and you mentioned you're running your own program there you were the director of player personnel so when you got there did you just say hey we're going to do everything the same way we did it at
2: Tennessee Tom was great with allowing me to kind of talk to him I mean he had been you know with Hugh and at Oldness, and kind of blending those things but he wanted to you know he was the first you know wanting to run it like a I mean, I think Indiana had underachieved in in recruiting and, uh, you know, wanted to kind of really dig in. And ironically enough, I mean, Tennessee is only a couple hours away from Indiana. And so we really hit it hard and with relationships. And, you know, he he was great with the uh, and he was being the defensive coordinator, too. So he was juggling a lot. But, you know, he talked a lot to kids and, you know, we talked a lot in the meetings, you know, in staff meetings. It really started there and, you know, building a board, you know, his kind of influence of just starting with relationships and and really, you know, diving into kids, you know, was very similar to Coach Jones. All
0: right. So 2017 at Indiana, then you get the opportunity to go back to the SEC at Mississippi State. Yeah. Talk about
2: your time there. So would. Joe Moorhead and I had just missed each other at Connecticut and somebody said, hey, listen, you know, Joe's from Pittsburgh, you're from Pittsburgh, you should connect. I hit him up on DM, never met the guy <laughs> and just said, hey, listen, uh, you know, I hear I know you from Pittsburgh and, you know, want to stay in touch. And Joe and I through DMs over the past probably six years or seven years, just, I never had his phone number and just DM'd each other and just said, hey, you know, coach, if you ever get an opportunity, I, you know, I'd love to be with you. And Joe got hired. I had interviewed at Penn State, which was a dream job of mine, probably two weeks before uh, Joe called and uh, things just didn't work out. And Joe called and said, Hey, listen, you know, I'd love to have you in Starkville. I think that goes with the relationship part of this whole business. I mean, it, it is, you know, and what my uncle and my cousin told me, you know, don't just stay in touch with anybody that you meet. And working for Joe, uh, you know, again, I think there's one common theme with the the head coaches that I've worked for. And, and Kevin told me once, you know, you've got to trust the guy in the corner office. If you don't trust him, then, you know, it's not worth it. And so Joe, I mean, Joe, myself and uh, Mike Villagrana, you know, we would meet probably every two or three days just about the board, how where, who, who he was talking to. Same type of thing with that Coach Jones does. Uh, and he was relentless with it, you know, and running recruiting there in the sec was, you know, you're, you're now you're on the treadmill fast. And, and that's what coach and I would talk when we would go to Alabama, you know, he's like, Hey, listen, I don't want there to be any excuse wherever we go. It's probably not going to be a big time program, but I'm going to make it a big time program. And and that's what it's going to be. And I'm not going to take any excuses for it. And, you know, when you're sitting on his back porch, smoking a cigar, you know, you're like, Oh yeah, that sounds cool. And then, but when you're when you're, when you're doing it, <laughs> it is intense. I mean, and that's what I say. It's not for everybody. But those to kind of Notre Dame, those who remain will be champions. I mean,
1: it's twice you said it's not for everybody. You, you left an SEC department to do it, yep. and, and there are other people like that. Then there are other people who are you know, damn near, if not working for free. Met two this morning. Why? If it's not
2: if, it, if it's not for everybody, why are you guys doing it? I think we all know we can be better. We He makes us better every day. Every day. I mean, there is, like, I, I think of it like a master's or a doctorate, you know, and I, I think you're constantly, he is constantly teaching. And when he took the job, he said, Matt, you know, we're going to have to teach young coaches. And that's what I'm, I'm down for. It. I know what. But they're going to catch up to us. We will not become them. And he says that all the time. That is like his everyday mantra is, you know, this is not going to be any different and we're going to compete. And when you talk about kids coming on visits, their run, I mean, I will put our visits up next to anybody. Anybody. And I, I mean that sincerely. I mean, Tessa, she crushes it. And, and everybody on our staff is, you know, all hands on deck. But because there's some, I think people... Maybe at other schools, and this is get into a complacency or, you know, they're just, you know, okay, well, group of five, we're going to figure out who kind of falls to us. And, you know, then we'll start recruiting them. That is not our philosophy. I mean, we're going to recognize the guys within six hours. We're going to go in the state. We're going to get kids on visit. And the next week, they could be going to Arkansas. And the next week, they could be committing to Arkansas. But that doesn't make it an excuse. And he doesn't want to hear that. And that's why I think that it's not for everybody.
0: Well, it's clear just how much... You believe in Coach Jones and how much Coach Jones believes in you, and you talk about that relationship, and that's the reason why you left an SEC program to come here to Arkansas State. One thing that you mentioned earlier was how you'd give him a list of the people you talk to and the people he needs to talk to, yep. is this an everyday thing? Do, um, does
2: he have a call list at night <laughs> he, that you that you send him home with? Or he honestly, he's really, really. If you put it in his phone, what we've done, twenty-two prospect, twenty-two QB name, he'll just go and he'll be at home. You know, sitting on the porch, and he'll just go through. I mean, he'll text, he'll call, he'll tell them to call. You know, in the fall, it kind of ramps up because of just the way that the NCA works with. Their calls, you know. There's only one call. You know, only one person can make a call. So it'll be the head coach that makes a call, and then we have to kind of monitor that. But for the most part, he just rolls. I mean, you know, you kind of. He has a on his board. He has you know a top list of about forty or fifty guys, and he'll just knock it out in the week. I uh, he's a machine. He is. I mean, it, it is. That's what. You, what do you say? I mean, like I I left. I mean, you know, I was with. Coach Leach at Mississippi State, and life was, you know, nice. I was sitting upstairs just watching film, evaluating guys, and, you know. Did he just kind of let let you do your thing, Coach yeah. Leach? Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, Mike and I just kind of kept the ball rolling with what we were doing. You know, his chief of staff has been with him forever, and they trusted us. I mean, we it was fine, and everybody asked me, you know, like, you left what everybody tries to work for to get. You know, everybody try. Everybody in this business is trying to get to the SEC, and they're trying to get to be, you know, the director, and they're trying to, you know, but when you've been there, and then you kind of realize trust and all of that is important. Coach Jones, I mean, my wife and I have known him and just trust him, so that's why it was easy. I mean, I literally packed up in the morning and was there at that night when it happened.
1: Mm. This could and should be last. It'll be the hardest question for you to answer. But you guys, I mean, you did what you did at Tennessee and you go to Indiana and they sign a good class and you go to Mississippi State and you guys are signing good classes and you come here in the first, you know, first full time, uh, you signed probably the, the best yeah. class the place has ever signed. Yeah. Why are you so good at this? <laughs> because, and I'm not saying it, because I mean, yeah. clearly you are. Success has filed you everywhere you've done
2: this. I Why? That. I think what I, honestly, what I learned at Tennessee, evaluation- early, you know, early evaluation process. And that's kind of what we've, we've stressed ourselves here, evaluating guys and and building your program the way that everything is now is different with the portal and all that stuff, but you've got to build, I mean, Jay Simpson told me just yesterday, we've got to continue to build our team through high school kids, you know, because that's, what's important. But I mean, I think I've been very fortunate with a good group of guys that have been willing to recruit at a high level, once they get evaluated and get through the system, and we just guys that love recruiting, I mean, I think that that's <laughs> I've been lucky. Now, I want to because at one point, like
1: if you're four, five, six, seven, you're doing just you're doing cool stuff that nobody that age is doing. Yeah, but I honestly, on some level, did your grandpa teach you what oh, a good football player looks
2: like? I mean, it was, uh, uh yeah, he's he's my guy. He passed away eight years ago and I think about him every single day. But I mean we would watch we would watch guys. We would sit in his living room. My grandmother tells a story and the old fashioned, you know, the, the wheels and the click and the <laughs> click. We would watch those over and over and over again. And and my grandmother tells a story. She says, you know, like I would ask a question and, you know, she would be like, Rip, why does he, how does he know that? And he's like, He knows his stuff. I mean, and it was early. I mean, it was but I think that that time with him is the best time in my life. I, I mean, I've, I've had really success everywhere, but, I mean, we would hop in the car. We would go. He was an AD, a high school AD, so we would, we would go to the high school game on Friday night. Then we would go to a, a bar and hang out there with the coaches until 1 in the morning. I would come home. My grandmother wouldn't <laughs> let me go to sleep dirty, so, you know, I'd get a shower, and we'd wake up at 7 Waffles on the table, and then we'd hit the road, and it was you know, I, and I didn't know any different. Like I would literally come into lunch and be like, "Would you, would you guys do this weekend?" Like, and you know, you're emptying out your lunch. <laughs> and like, I'm like, yeah, I was at West Virginia pit backyard brawl. I mean, you know, he had an old school tape recorder that he would kind of record his notes in, and I would listen to him and know who we we were, you know, talking about, and you know, we would drive home and. I think that that was the the foundation of really everything that I have. You know, he's with me every day. He's Mm. with me every day. He's very special.
0: Look, you you talk about evaluation, and and that's critical, but I would think the relationships that you make with these young men and their families are every bit as critical as that. And, look, we know – what kind of season last year was and certainly not what you wanted in year one on the field, but it says a lot about those relationships that you made that you do go two and 10 and then turn
2: around with the number one recruiting class in the league. Yeah. I mean, it is, uh, I, I think because there's a genuineness that you enjoy it and, and to, you know, we're all going through this phase of uh, NIL deals and, and stuff like that where the college football is changing. And, you know, coach and I talk about it all the time. It's very real. It's real at this level. And the, it's going to be something that has to be addressed. But at the end of the day, you know, if you have a kid's trust and if you have a kid, you know, that you've built a relationship. Yeah, I mean, if, if all things are equal, they still got to choose. You're still going to choose. And so that's what and you can't i think you can't fake you can't out relationship somebody you either have it or you don't like sometimes you know coach and i talk i was like you know i'd love to be 6 foot you know and but you can't hey matt be 6 foot you can't say like have a good relationship with these kids it just happens and you know it 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 does and you go up and down our hallway you can't name anybody that you wouldn't want to sit around with your kids or as a parent have a beer with that, you know, and that's the genuineness. And that's why we were successful. I mean, and, but coach is driving that, you know, like, Hey, who did you talk to last night? How was the mom? You know, I talked to mom last night. She's, you know, she was sick, you know, she's a little under the weather, you know, all that stuff is all talked about. You have to, it has to be genuine. If it's not, then, and that's why I think you can be successful. You know, you don't want to have, back-to-back 2 and 10 seasons, but you can have a 2 and 10 season and be genuine with relationships and people want to send their kids there. Well,
0: it says a lot. And your job, and you mentioned NIL deals, your job's very different than it was just a year or two ago, year ago, dealing with not only NIL and, and that stuff is being talked about on the Power Five level, probably a little bit more than, than what you do on a daily basis, here at A State, but the transfer portal is a very real thing that you have to deal with as well. How's that changed?
2: What you do on a daily basis? It is, you know, and, and, and I know you, the NIL deals are are being talked about at the Power Five level, and it's, uh, it, it's it's here. I mean, it's here at the Group of Five, and we have to be prepared to again evolve. I say all the time that we've been operating in college football 1.0. And we just got downloaded to college football 2.0 and 2.0 is NIL. It's transfer portal. It's roster management. It's the kids. It's how, how we practice. It's a whole bunch of different things. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is. And that's what I say. Like you said, like what's the director of player personnel at Arkansas state? I mean, it's evolving. I mean, you know, trying to fundraise money trying to look for donors for, for name, image, likeness deals, uh, trying to, you know, you have relationships with your own team so that they, it makes them hard for them to leave. And that's been, I, to be frank, it's been very hard to have relationships with kids, genuine relationships that you pour in. Like, my, I mean, I think about my grandfather and, and think about, you know, kids coming into my office and, you know, sitting in that blue chair and, and telling me how much everything. And then, you know, a couple months later, they're mm-hmm. sitting in that blue chair and saying, I need my papers it's a it's a, it's an evolution that you have to evolve and it's hard i will be yeah. very frank it's very hard i'll get you out of here
0: with this and it's really cool to kind of hear your perspective on things but the culture that coach jones has tried to set and everybody has their own culture and and that's not saying anything was mm-hmm. bad before but he has a certain culture that he wants to set At Arkansas State. And it's not going to just happen on day one. It's something that is a process. And, you know, with the new players that you brought in, you're looking for a certain type player, but a certain type of character as well. How different is that building
2: right now than it was a year ago at this time? Man, I mean, it is really, really unique to see. I mean, you can you know, the, the, the kids just got here last week, you know, move in, you know, it's, it's always an exciting time as a recruiting guy. You know, you see these kids as you've watched them in high school, you know, you talk about the process, you know, you see them on film, huddle. All right. Then you contact their high school coach. Cool. Hit them up on Twitter, get them for a visit. Now they're officially now they sign. Then this evolution of them being here. And you're starting to see guys, I mean, Keyron Crawford walking into my office and, you know, Websley, NTN, I mean, the whole crew just being here mixed with guys that we've brought in, you know, in mid-year, Jackson and Tank. And so we got a text. And again, nothing disparaged about any other staff or anything, but we get a text that on Saturday, 25 guys on their own, just in the building working out. On a Saturday, it was, and and when you say that about the culture and you say that about when you do this research of these guys that love ball, like just eat it. And on a Saturday, kids and Coach Jones has really revamped and really reworked the schedule and how these kids are. And so Saturday is their day. You could do anything. And they chose to come up in the indoor work. I mean, not just work out, I'm talking like bags and like doing their drills, and they're with their teammates. I mean, D-linemen together, three or four. I mean, like, it's just, like, when you see that, it's like, holy cow. Like, all of the all the set in the edge with recruiting, all those recruiting meetings, all those Fridays and Saturdays that the staff and everybody is grinding out for, now you see it in your building, and you can watch it, and those guys are, in fact, like, they don't know any different. They're like, hey, shoot, let's go up to the building. They're not hearing like, ah, you know, I don't want to do that or that's not really my deal. They're just doing it. It's cool. It's cool as hell.
0: Very cool. Matt Wilson, Director of Player Personnel for A-State Football. Man, this has been a fun visit. It sure has, man. Thrilled you're here at A-State and really looking forward to this fall. Amen. Appreciate it, guys. All right, we've got more to come here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank right after this.
1: Your first home is like this dream. The day you walk in, the sun seems to shine more brightly. The ceilings, they just seem taller. And you'll never fix that creaky floorboard because it sounds like comfort. What a hug would sound like if it made a sound. And that's when you realize you're home. Really, really home. Realize your dream with a home loan from Simmons Bank. Dreams realized. SimmonsBank.com Member FDIC,
2: Equal Housing Lender, subject to credit approval. Wrapping
0: things up here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. What a great visit with Matt Wilson and just a, a great guy, number one, but the responsibility he has with that a state football program i think you you got some sort of an idea of what he does on a daily basis and you also kind of were able to learn just how much he and butch jones communicate which is all the time and you know the the trust level there is very very high
1: yeah it's it's no accident uh you look at the people Butch Jones has brought in here, and in a lot of cases, the jobs he's gotten them to leave, the money he's probably gotten them to walk away from a leave on the table. It's not a fluke. I mean, right? There's something to it. Yeah. And um, I think you know, nobody, least of all those guys, wanted to go two and ten. But you know, I think honestly, even going two and ten was just sort of a means to an end.
0: Yeah. And again, it it just Shows the emphasis that they put on recruiting and the relationships and the evaluation process that they put in place. You know, to to be able to sign the number one class after going two and 10 tells you a lot.
1: Now, the degree of difficulty is going to keep getting ramped up because of your name, image, and likeness stuff. You know, the only thing I might have asked that we didn't get a chance to would just be, and he, and I think he kind of already answered anyway is that, you know, are you to a point where basically you're recruiting kids that are already bringing up NIL? Yeah. What's the offer here?
0: So thanks again to Matt Wilson for coming by. Did want to mention I got to do something really cool over the weekend and took a trip to Oklahoma City to take in the Women's College World Series. And I'll tell you this, my daughter has actually really gotten into softball the last few years, and her and I went over there with former A-State baseball standout Chris Rich and his daughter, and Chris actually coaches my daughter's team and does a fantastic job with those young ladies. But we went over there and just had a fantastic time. And you know, softball is such a great sport. And I I know Kelly Danfus has talked about it many times over the years, just how much he wanted to make sure we had NCAA softball at Arkansas State. But going to an event like that and just seeing the love for the sport, the enthusiasm, the packed houses for every single game of that Women's College World Series makes you just understand what a big deal it is and how cool it would be for A-State to actually have NCAA softball. And I I say NCAA because I I know we have a very good club team
1: but yeah it would be uh and same thing you know the, we'll eventually start that and we'll start it up in a good league right Some it's a good Very softball good league. league too so you kind of get thrown into the deep end when that time comes but yeah you got to see that now, i think it's cool to see how that sport has evolved how that event's evolved you know there were games on abc for the first time ever over the weekend it, it's cool to see softball but really i'm excited to, to see women's sports in general what's happening Winner of the U.S. Women's Open won $1.8 million over the weekend. Tom Brady was sitting courtside at the Las Vegas Aces game the night before the match last week. Uh, I, I really think it's uh, it, it's cool to see what's happening in women's sports.
0: The product itself is so good. And Charlotte, my daughter, you know, just sitting there and watching 14 innings of baseball, two straight nights, she was as locked in as... On the first pitch of the first game as she was, you know, the final out of the last game we saw each day. And and that tells you a lot about just the entertainment value in that. But had a great time and uh, certainly would recommend that trip to, to anybody who's thinking about going to the Women's College World Series in the future. That pretty much wraps it up mm-hmm. for us. Anything you need to talk about before we no, get out you know,
1: of here? No, you know, I ran it about golf last week. I'll tell you this. I hope I don't rant about golf next week because this weekend I'm scheduled to play at a mixed pairs tournament with my wife.
0: Yeah, that doesn't always go so <laughs> well, does it?
1: Well, <laughs> I think you got, uh, you know, I've I i I've got faith in us. I think it's, I think it's gotten better. I play more golf with my wife than anybody else, and we've played some enjoyable rounds already this year. You know two just highly competitive people. the temper sometimes they do, but show I, I, I I expect smooth sailing this weekend, regardless of the results. all right, bold prediction. I think she knows how to deal with you know we've we've just learned over time how to deal with each other. She knows we know when when to talk and when to not, basically. <laughs>
0: That's probably the key to success. Yes. All right. We appreciate you joining us. As always, it's been a fun edition. We hope you join us next week once again for the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank.